What's up, you guys? I'm your host, Michael Swoboda, and this is the Average Alaskan Podcast, the show where we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of Alaskan outdoors and life in Alaska. We are sitting in the studio, bloodied up, battered, with the one, the only, Mr. Sean Love. What's up, guys? Hell yeah. This is going to be a short one. We're just going to do an intro for you guys, and you will have a beautiful episode recorded in the field for this week. We just got... Out of the field ourselves. It is Wednesday night right now. And Miss Samantha Jacobson filled her cow moose tag today. Ooh, Hell yeah. Shout out to Sam, the one, the only. Um, she's going to come on and tell her story of this hunt later this week. But uh, we we're running short on time because we were out and about dealing with this moose. And so we figured it'd be a great opportunity to break into the bank of some of the uh, content that we feel, uh, recorded out in the field. So, uh, that's what this week's episode's gonna be, but we wanted to hop on and, uh, give a little intro to that, let you know a little bit of what that's gonna entail, and then, uh, give you a quick, 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 a little quick, quick, um, synopsis of today's endeavors. Um, but, um, don't want to dive too deep into that. Don't want to spoil, uh, Sam's story. It's her story to tell, and so we're gonna let her, uh, tell it. Um, but she did successfully harvest her cow today, um, all by herself. Bow, bow. She's a beast. She's a fucking animal. Um, she was out glassing. Uh, she had the day off and ran into a legal moose on public land. And of course, like always, uh, wasn't hundred percent prepared and had to call in reinforcements, she had to- her tag. <laughs> but not a tool to kill it with. So <laughs> Sean rallied out of work today to go, uh, lend a hand by, uh, shuttling a rifle up onto the hillside for her. And then, uh, she quickly took care of business. You were there with her. And oh, then, yeah. uh, I shortly got the scramble of troops call to get out there and, uh, start humping it. Luckily we only had to hump it about uh three foot to the, uh, yeah, sled for uh, the four wheeler. It was, it was sweet. It was a nice little treat from, uh, humping them on my back all fall. So we that went was from a- horribly underprepared to horribly overprepared. <laughs> exactly. It was, it was great. But, uh, we'll dive into the nitty gritty of this hunt and, uh, all that for you guys guys here in the near future but this week we're gonna have an episode featuring mr levi womack one of the three womack brothers that works for steve johnson in ultimate alaska adventures hunting out of the alaska range he was a packer with me this year and it was also his first year uh doing the professional hunting gig so it should be a cool episode uh we recorded that after our last moose pack out of the season um, while we were stranded in camp while everybody else was warm, sitting in a nice sauna after we slept away in the swamps for three days. Um, but it's a cool interview. Get a little insight of who Levi is a young cat from Colorado. Awesome dude, strong as an ox, you know, just a genuine, amazing person. Uh, but it's about an hour episode, uh, that we did under the stars sitting next to a campfire. And I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, Cause that's going to be your content tomorrow oh, at yeah. six a.m. in the morning. Uh, we wanted to do this up proper. We did have a different episode planned on the books for this one, but due to time constraints, some people have jobs. Losers. That um, would be my big fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean's got to get into work early in the morning. So don't want to keep him up two night recording for you guys. But we did want to hop on. We're excited. We got a moose today. So yeah, dude. I, w- wanted to talk to y'all a little bit at least. Yeah, I just couldn't be more happy. 
<laughs> it was awesome. It was a proud boyfriend moment. Oh, yeah. She freaking was an absolute killer. And like I said, we'll get into the details more in the future. But, man, that 30-06, we all had a part in this. It was Jordan's <laughs> rifle. Sam was using. We did all the labor. And Sam did all the fun part. So. She did all the fun part. <laughs> I was just post-holing in the snow. <laughs> <It was> just... <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, but, you'll hear it all about it. Oh yeah, but the old thirty out six did the trick. Freaking! I was impressed. Way late him. So. I was impressed. I stood behind her because I knew that muzzle brake was gonna deafen me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that thing barks. But no, it was nice to see those uh, Barnes and TTSX uh, do the trick. Dude, I mean, let me tell you about performance, dude. I, I'd be curious to toss those on the scale, see how much uh, it retained. Because it, I mean, looks freaking. I mean, it's factory perfect picture, baby. It's, dude, I pulled it out of the backside of the hide, and I was like. Holy cow. I mean, it was shining. It was oh, yeah. Beautiful. No, beautiful moment. It was sweet, and it was a nice little cherry on top for the end of the season. Get to fill the freezers up real quick. We'll be freaking plum full of good red meat here now. <sighs> I wouldn't say too many. Too much, <laughs> Never too much. We got a lot. Heck, yeah. <laughs> we all eaten. Yep. Just turned the greenhouse into a red house. Got the quarters <laughs> hung up. And we're freaking ready to start uh, schlepping away on processing this weekend. So. Yeah, I'm stoked. Heck, yeah. Let it get a good cool down this evening probably move it into the shop here tomorrow and then uh probably get hacking come this weekend so yeah gonna be a good time heck yeah a couple of cold ones oh yeah never hurts That's never right. never slows the process down a little me, lubrication sure. <laughs> <laughs> lubricate the wheels man oh yeah but no it was it was awesome it was a great time great fall can't get any better and then uh we're off to ice fishing season now. Oh, I'm so stoked. I wait for it all year long. Oh yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. We're gonna be able to do it up proper this winter, just kinda like we did the fall. We did did pretty solid this fall, so hopefully keep that rolling into the yeah. winter. Hopefully do some collaborations with some of the other people in the world and it'll be it'll be good. Dude, I'm so excited. Hell yeah. Well, I hope you guys uh, enjoy this episode. And like always, uh, let us know uh, any future content you guys want any episodes any questions we also appreciate everybody that reached out over the last week uh welcoming us back we knew it was a long drawn out period without hearing our beautiful voices it was a dry spell for a minute but uh we appreciate all the support we are back um you know all the heartfelt messages i hope this isn't the end but if it was we appreciate y'all. Oh, rip. Uh, you know, we'll still be around here. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's not the end. Didn't get rid of us too soon. <laughs> no. But uh, let us know all that uh, awesome stuff and write in. Send us some uh, victory pictures of y'all's fall. I know deer season's just heating up right now. Gun season across the, the eastern side of the United States and down south. So uh, let us know how all your hunting adventures are going because our season is pretty much in the books now. Yeah. We go out and shoot some yotes or some wolves or something. Yeah, get some predator control going down this winter. But no, it's got teeth. It's going down. Oh yeah, we'll get after it. But um, you guys enjoy this episode, and like I said, we're just going to keep it short with you guys on this little intro. We just we love talking to y'all, so we wanted to ramble and chew up another seven eight minutes of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear the episode. I haven't heard it. Heck this yeah. will be my very first. Yeah, time. and uh, this will be going up. Uh, I'll probably listen to a little bit, cut out. I think I did a little. Fake intro. I might even keep that in. Really? Like, oh, dude, I have to do the music in my head. Oh, say, I'm like, and a three, two. Like, how do I do it by the mouth? <laughs> Somebody hit the on-air sign, and we're live. <laughs> no. 
but no, it's a good one. Levi's an awesome guy. We kind of reflect on uh, how our falls were because that was my second to last day out in the Alaska range, right when we recorded that one. And um, uh, you guys will enjoy Levi. So uh, enjoy this interview and stay safe, everybody. So uh, until next week. Good luck. Yeah. Stay warm. Kill some things. Eat some things. Pet a chicken or two. You never know. A chicken. Come on. <laughs> My chickens let you pet them. <laughs> you got to catch them first. But <laughs> Alrighty, guys. That's enough of us. So y'all have a good one. Enjoy. What's up, you guys? I'm your host, Michael Swoboda, and this is the Average Alaskan Podcast, the show where we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of Alaskan outdoors and life here in the great state of Alaska. We're coming from the great Alaska range right now. I'm joined with world-renowned rugby player, legend in the Alaskan packing community, and the world's best pack-out partner. Two of those things might have been a stretch, but one of them's for sure. But Mr. Levi Womack is with us right now, and we are currently sitting under a overcast sky, no cl- no stars, but uh, sitting around a campfire and drying out some gear. We've had uh, an eventful last couple of days sitting here on the last evening of moose season. The sun's finally gone down, and moose season's pretty much over now for us here in the Alaska Range, some areas have a little bit left to do around the state, but um, as far as our work is concerned for moose season, we're done. Um, but no, I'm going to let Levi introduce him a little bit. He's a first-year packer out here with Steve, like myself, and he's been around around the state doing all kinds of hunts, and this is our first uh, hunt hunt together picked up the last four days over here and uh we just ended up finishing up a moose today so but before we get into all of that fun stuff i'm gonna let levi introduce himself to give a little background of himself how's it going uh like michael said my name is levi womack i'm up here from colorado uh, both my brothers have been up here working for steve over the past couple years and came up last year did a little just kind of sightseeing with them and decided I'd uh come up and give packing a try so you just uh couldn't find something to make you miserable in your uh normal life or uh, uh, no. yeah Colorado's <laughs> too dry and sunny there and uh, too warm so I decided might as well come and get a little suffering in I just yeah. graduated college and figured it'd be a good place to figure out what to do now so no that's a that's a fun way to kind of because I just, you know, I'm only a handful of years older than you, and I wrapped up kind of the same thing about three years ago, and I kind of, that was right when I kind of made my decision to really get, go hard into the backpack hunting and getting out in the woods, doing more mountain hunting and stuff, and no better way to kind of find yourself and go through a quarter-life crisis than out here in the middle of the, (laughs) middle of the woods, tromping through swamps and climbing mountains, so... No, before we get into the endeavors of the last 10 days, uh, tell us a little bit about how your season's going, kind of how you started it, and before we even get into the hunts, talk about a little bit of the logistics of, you know, when did you head up to Alaska, you had to fly up from Colorado, and kind of where did your season all begin? And Yeah, so um, flew. I think we got in maybe uh, shoot, July 29th, around then. Uh, at that point, just a few last minute 
uh, items I had to pick up for gear and after got some of that stuff picked up uh, you started getting ready getting food together all that stuff um, and then yeah from there uh, pretty much just kind of jumped into the season and started with uh, a couple hunts out in the Chugach um, first hunt was a sheep hunt uh, like I said in Chugach um, actually my first three hunts are all sheep hunts but the uh, biggest takeaway maybe not the biggest takeaway but the biggest shock for me getting out there and into it was just the, the weather it was just cold and wet and miserable but. <laughs> yeah it was a hell of a fall to have your first fall up here it's i mean we've had two nice evenings in a row and i think that's probably the nicest stretch of weather we've had since the beginning of august it's yeah. been a freaking a wet cold miserable fall so far this year yeah right now sitting out here it's pretty enjoyable and i'm already kind of forgetting some of the evenings we had before but this definitely doesn't uh make up for all the time sitting under the tent or under the tarp with that rain just coming down oh yeah a lot of a lot of tarp time this season so uh how'd those sheep hunts go because you know unfortunately with being with clients and stuff you're kind of stuck to their limitations to an extent you know some guys are really willing and able to get out and really pound ground but sheep hunting's not for the faint of heart and uh how'd your hunts kind of go yeah they uh so unfortunately i wasn't on any uh hunts that were successful um you know the first first hunt all the hunts really just covered a ton of ground uh and really you know just put in some miles but uh saw some sheep just never able to get a uh opportunity on a legal ram but they uh i was able on one of my hunts uh able to help pack out a uh, ram that was killed in the same area so it was definitely a uh, learning experience just beautiful terrain and uh, again just really really different area than anywhere I've really spent any time before so like I said unfortunately no success but it was a definitely a fun experience overall yeah y'all get a y'all got a brown bear on your third hunt correct yeah third trip out so that one it was a uh, combination sheep and uh bear hunt and we were getting up oh i can't remember a couple days into the hunt headed up on this ridge to uh try and go find some rams and the weather just really turned bad on us it was you know snow and vertical almost a wide out blizzard so decided to pitch the tent there uh, when we still were able to and then we made it through that night and then the next morning woke up and headed maybe another quarter mile down the ridge we were going to drop down the other side and at that point we decided it was probably just in our best interest to turn around and get back down that ridge we weren't sure one if the weather was gonna worsen and we'd be able to get back up and over and uh two we just kind of had enough of that weather and <laughs> yeah. didn't think our chances were too good of finding anything and the uh like i said it, it was the that night it was just about a wide out blizzard and snow and vertical and then 
the uh, walked across that ridge it, one picked up again and snow started coming down and it was just yeah we decided it was the best option there was drop down a little bit lower into the valley and hunt for bears and we were able to kill a pretty decent one and then uh, had a pretty decent packet on that but it was definitely worth the uh, yeah, because y'all were in there pretty deep. How how far did that pack out end up being? It was uh, about 10 miles uh, total, I think. The uh, first day we, uh, well, first day of the pack out, only made it maybe two miles back to the camp. Uh, we got the bear skinned out pretty late in the day. We got back to camp, that was about two miles. And then the next day, I think we uh, woke up, punched out about, eight miles and uh pretty tough terrain to walk in the uh i think hardest part of that pack out was we had a restaurant we were trying to get to by uh eight o'clock close at eight o'clock uh get down off the mountain back to the truck right around seven it's a about a exactly an hour drive give or take a few minutes to this uh, restaurant and get down there and pull up to it and no open sign turned on so yeah that <laughs> that's was a, a, that's a real kick in the gut right there yeah you want to talk about a bummed out guy I, <laughs> yeah stinking like grizzly bear just got done with a freaking 10 mile two-day pack out and can't even get some decent grub at yeah. the end of that. Yeah, Did so y'all end up uh, mountain housing it that night, or no, were y'all able uh, to find something else? Settled for some cold sandwiches, yeah. but it was still a good uh, change for mountain house. <laughs> right, yeah, they they start to wane on you. It's been, what, day, shoot, we've been out here, I've been out here 45 days, and you probably got out a little earlier doing food caches, so yeah, probably close on... 50 days of mountain house at this point yeah <laughs> mountain house and peak refuels we've got a little mixture of the both but <laughs> but no that's that's awesome did you get to be there for the the stock and the shot on that bear or were you uh like down in camp or how did that how did that all play out yeah uh i was just down uh, in camp kind of keeping an eye on camp and wasn't able to get there for the uh stock and shop but yeah it uh sounded like it was pretty eventful so yeah yeah no was that the uh i'm trying to recall so many stories now in my head but that was the one that they ended up hitting or you know shooting wounding and then finding later in the brush your brother had a nice uh close encounter with that one correct yeah so uh my brother uh they Dropped down uh, the valley, crossed river, headed back up the other side of this valley, and uh, got a shot on the bear and hit it. Then uh, went down and uh, took a shot. It was a pretty nice area for the shot, no brush around, but then they hit the bear and it belled off into some deep brush. Uh, they dropped down trying to find a blood trail. There wasn't really any blood. And they uh, heard the bear making some of that moaning. Mm. A lot of times they'll do it like the death. Death moan. Yeah, yeah. the death moan. Uh, so dropped down into this brush and uh, he was walking in there and it, uh, that's when it 
kind of came at him. He said he got within a couple yards of him, and uh, he was able to get his rifle out and get a shot off at it. And then uh, he got out of that brush. The bear turned the other way. And they went back up and waited for... Uh, I'm not sure how long they waited for that day, but weren't able to find the bear that night. So the uh, next day, we all went back over, and that's when we found the bear. Uh, it was only, I think, less than 100 feet or 100 yards from where where my brother had got the shot at it when it was coming at him. But, yeah, yeah. so we found that bear, and... Yeah, that was a chore though we we really got lucky getting through that brush because that stuff you could be standing about a yard away from the Just person next anything. to you yeah, yeah and you couldn't see him so we i was feeling pretty fortunate finding that bear after all that no that's awesome and yeah, that that's one thing about Alaska. It's the freaking people just sometimes just oh, sorry about that, guys. Tending the fire, um, but yeah, the brush can just. I mean, the terrain in general, no matter where you're at, like we'll get to in one of these next stories. But uh, you know, all of it's just challenging. And when you get in that real thick cover, like you said, it's you know thicker than a hair on a dog's back. You can't but barely see the hands in front of your face and. You know, definitely not a fun place to be, you know, tracking a wounded bear. And, you know, luckily it all planned out well for for your brother, but it's definitely kind of a, a pucker moment, eat a little cloth in your britches type of type of situation. Um, what was it like hunting with your brother? you got a pretty cool dynamic. You Womax have just about taken over this operation out here of Steve's. You've got, you know, all three of the boys out here just, you know, getting after it. How do you... How do you like working with your brother? Because I know that can always kind of be a, you know, siblings can always tend to butt heads in situations and stuff. Y'all work pretty good together? Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, we, like I said, my whole family growing up and everything has been real close. And, uh, you know, I spend enough time together. We know how the other one operates. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more happy getting the opportunity to go went on two hunts packing for him and it really it was a blast uh i mean i try and take care of him he definitely take care of take care of me when we're out there and uh yeah like i said it's just i think uh i think a lot of it has to do with just spending so much time together uh like outside of this just at home hanging out and i mean he lives ways away uh, he's in texas but still you know when, whenever we have the opportunity to spend time together and go you know whether it's just hiking or go down to visit him and spend a week or two down there just whatever but yeah that uh real good dynamic for working together and i think part of it too just coming in with them doing this before i kind of had a good idea of what to expect and just uh but yeah, it was a blast. Couldn't be happier. No, that that's awesome. That's really, really cool that y'all have a good, good family bond there, and can't ask for a better, you know, partner in situations where you know it's kind can be miserable. You know, twenty days in the Alaska backcountry, and 
you know, probably 18 of them with piss and rain <laughs> and freezing conditions. You know, it's nice having somebody that you kind of know inside and out and know how they're going to operate in those situations. And plus just being able to, you know, have conversation and kill time and, you know, plenty of stories, I'm sure, to share with the clients. And, you know, that's that's awesome. And I got the pleasure of doing a sheep hunt with your oldest brother. James is the oldest, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that and that was, I mean, big fan of the Womack family. All, all three of y'all have, you know, great head on your shoulders and, you know, strong backs, which is <laughs> real important in this, in this profession. But, oh, and then, so once you got done with those, this has been your first trip out here in the Alaska range, right? Yeah. 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 This is, uh, I think I got out here on maybe the 9th or the 10th of September. Uh, but yeah, it's been my first, first time out here in the Alaska range. Heck yeah. How, what are the two areas kind of, how do they differ in the experience you've gotten to have so far? Uh, so far, just the, um, the Alaska range hasn't been, I haven't, I mean, I can definitely see the, some steep mountains around, but obviously not doing the sheep hunts out here. just haven't been going up in that real steep mountain area and uh definitely haven't had to deal well i didn't have to deal with as much brush in the alaska or in the the chugach and again that was just getting up a lot of times yeah being up in the high country yeah but uh yeah it's definitely definitely each have their unique challenges uh i think the uh chugach weather-wise might have been a little bit tougher and could have been the time of year because it sounds like you guys were kind of getting hammered at the same time out here it was pretty gnarly it sounded like it was a little colder in the chugach this fall we got a cold spell in that like first second week of august was pretty chilly here a couple freezing mornings and stuff but it sounded like y'all had you know some snow and quite a bit more <laughs> more inclement weather for sure we got a lot of rain but our snow snow level stayed away pretty well up until you know about oh shoot it was moose season before we got snow really hitting the tops of the mountains we had a little bit on one of the sheep hunts but it kept burning off and but no it's been it's been a good time and then you got pretty quick quick to work once you got out here here i i hopped in after a lot of the work was done but uh y'all got a successful caribou with a client willie willie's been a willie's been a blast willie and uh our guide mitch they just flew out earlier today uh back to boys camp and being the low men on the totem pole we're we're hanging here still at camp but enjoying enjoying some peace and peace and quiet and getting to dry some stuff out but how'd y'all's hunt start out uh out here yeah it was um got out here i think uh the 10th then spent, uh, you know, I think we had two, maybe two days. Uh, we were just glassing. We found a nice glassing spot about a quarter mile uh, up above the campsite we had. And it was, uh, you know, going good. Uh, we saw some stuff, but everything we saw was either just a little too far away to make a play on or we just uh, didn't feel like we had a good shot at it. So uh, we... I, I believe it was the third day ended up spotting uh some caribou and mitch uh mitch saw him through a spotter and 
uh, he could tell that there was a legal, or not a legal, uh, bull, shooter but, yeah, bull. shooter bull. And, uh, so yeah, it was, um, it, it was a ways away, but we watched them for a while and they were just kind of bedded down and we decided we'd probably have a pretty fair shot at getting over there and getting to them. So packed up and headed that way. And it was, uh, it was a grind getting over there, but I mean, everything worked out pretty good in our favor. Uh, I mean, the brush some places was a little bit hard to deal with, but Mitch found us a good game trouble for the most part and got over there. Uh, took us a couple hours to get over there. I think as the crow flies, they were about, I can't remember if it was 3.3 or 3, I think it was 3.3 miles uh, from where we were glassing at, but about a five mile hike. Uh, got over there. Uh, right as we're getting over there, uh, see one big bull and a couple cows crest over this hill, but there's still that one uh, one shooter bull hanging out there. We're able to get up there, find, uh, get Willie all situated up, and he was able to to put the caribou down. And it was a uh, you couldn't ask for a more more scenic place for that caribou to to finally uh, meet its maker. I mean, it was just a beautiful, beautiful area, and just that. That was my, actually my first time being up real close to a caribou and just incredible animals. Just that big white mane, really nothing like it I've ever seen. So, No, they're gorgeous animals. And, uh, you know, I didn't have the pleasure of being up there with you guys, but got to see the pictures. And, yeah, no, they, that was some kick-ass spots for yeah. some photos. And it, it was a nice bull, too. Gor- like you said, gorgeous white mane on them, real nice tops. And, no, that was a... A good caribou and that was you i believe you had mentioned that was willie's first time uh getting to kill a caribou correct yeah yeah i think that was uh i think like willie also that was his first time like seeing one up close and yeah he uh he was pretty i think excited about getting that caribou no that's awesome and he's seems to be quite the world traveler when it comes to hunting he's had you know some 12 trips to africa killed some amazing animals and it's cool to get to be a part of one of those first especially you know being your first time getting to see a caribou do all that and his first time as well just makes a cool cool experience because with the you know with time and you know kills in the field stuff kind of slowly starts to lose its luster sometimes or you'll start start taking things for granted but it's a you know one of those special moments when you get to be a part of a first and you know have your own first and do it in like you said some just amazing country and you know and then then the real work started y'all had a quite a doozy getting back there because like you said you were about a five mile hike and about three and a half as the crow flies to camp and Y'all were up in some pretty, y'all about killed them in sheep country. (laughs) So how was that pack out? Did y'all, were y'all able to get a full load each coming back down or you and Mitch at least? No, uh, well, so the, uh, that, the night we killed them, it was getting pretty late and we didn't want to be making that hike in the dark. So we, uh, weren't able to get a load out that day. Uh, so the next day we were able to get back up there and me and Mitch each 
took a load out uh and then that was uh you know it wasn't a whole day ordeal but took up about the majority of the day so decided to call that good for the day and then uh i was able to get up there and get the rest out and one more load you picked a great day to finish that too i know i was i was just up up river with our client rodney and my guy joel and I'm pretty sure we spent that whole day hunkered under a tarp in some uh, pretty nasty pissed rain, and we had heard y'all got a caribou down, and you were finishing up the the hike, and we'd kind of had some GPS coordinates of where y'all killed it from the in reaches, and no, it looked like it looked like it was a doozy. What was that like? Yeah, so it um, started off the day. Uh, I mean, again, it's being down a little lower raining i i got pretty soaked going through all that uh brush but yeah the car wash on the way yeah <laughs> get up there uh fi- finally get up close to where that kill site was and like you said it was closer to uh sheep country and as i'm working my way up this incline rain slowly falling a little slower and a little slower turning to snow as i'm getting up there get up about i don't know a quarter mile and at this point it's full-on snowing and i uh end up you know a little fog rolls in that snow's coming in take a path a little far to the right to get up to that caribou and uh it's just real rocky stuff but make it up to that caribou get all loaded up and by the time I start coming down the uh snow's accumulated enough to you know it's sticking on the ground for maybe like I said another quarter mile past where it was the day before uh able to get down out of that uh without falling too many times I think I had (laughs) had one good slip good tumble in you that's uh that's doing good for me because I'm not known (laughs) for uh being sure-footed but these damn rugby players (laughs) man i tell you what (laughs) but yeah make it uh get back uh unfortunately that was the the trip where i swamped my phone so that's how'd you do that leaning over a creek or no it was uh in my pocket and i'd been uh pulling it out to check the in reach because i had it hooked up to my in reach Mm -hmm. and i guess my pocket of my rain pants it either just got enough water in there or just it got wet enough when i was pulling it out that by the time i uh i guess just like i said just got enough water in there and the i think it was in the probably in the pants pocket but Mm -hmm. uh i was wearing gloves so every time i was reaching in to get my phone i wasn't feeling the standing water in the pockets uh on the bright side that was well not at the bright side uh that was the Super second lighting. phone that yeah that i swamped this season so it was a cheap phone but on the not bright side it was the second phone lost a lot of cool pictures which i'm pretty bummed out about but yeah that's a real bummer I'm yeah gonna, i'm gonna get you all the ones i've taken you know they're all of the alaska range but at least try and send you home with some mementos yeah, no, of the I'll, season appreciate that yeah so what do you uh what do you have in that pack on that last pack out uh, I had the hide, the horns, um, I think all the neck meat, the ribs, um, 
let's see. Uh, everything but the four quarters. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably doozy. You're probably pushing close to at least 150 pounds on that pack, then, huh? Yeah, I. It was heavy, is all I know. Yeah. Right? Mo- moose hind quarter heavy, or even even pushing that. I think it was a little heavier than the moose hind quarter. One of those things, kind of hard for me to tell, just because, uh, you know, you get the fatigue and the just different terrain and everything. Yeah. But. Uh, no, that's a doozy for any pack. That's that's definitely been the biggest eye opener for me because I've done some heavy packs in the past, but you really kind of learn what you can handle and kind of learn what what heavy really is. And you know, I know a lot of people that you know talk about doing you know hundred pound packs for you know ten twelve miles, and you know, in the kindest way I can put it, I call bullshit on most of that because uh, you know we've you know we've we've experienced you know 100 plus pound packs now and there you know it's it's no joke and it's definitely doable and we've done it but uh, <laughs> some some people have told me that i kind of have to you know take about a 25 percent <laughs> judgment call on that because there's some you know you kind of find find out what type of man you are once you break that like one and a quarter threshold because that gets that gets heavy and luckily those you know, we all are running those Barney's, Barney's pack frames and bags, and there's some burly, burly equipment for sure, and they hold the weight good. But man, uh, you know, 100, 125, 150 pounds, <laughs> there's no getting getting around that type of sore. Yeah, that's uh, just when you get that much weight, it just you don't move like a normal human. It's just <laughs> a lot of short, stubby, stumbly steps. Yeah, especially walking through any anything that's not flat open ground you're just yeah like you said you just can't get a normal step in and it really just throws off the whole whole dynamic of walking yeah it's hard to get in kind of that you know covering country groove when you're you know fighting your own you know sorry guys still tending the fire trying to get our get all our stuff dry here Cause yeah, once y'all finished up with that, I think I rolled into camp. Uh, was it that next day that we met up down on the river, or it might have been the day after? Uh, yeah, I think I think it might have been the next day, but yeah, yeah. the next day or the day after. And yeah, we'd been working working down the river. We kind of hunted our area pretty dry, and we actually had some residents that had a couple planes, and they were hunting the same area. Took a took two bulls actually, which took one real nice one and then one that was just barely legal we had passed on him and actually watched them make their stock and tip him over which you know good for them it was kind of unfortunate to see because we were going to give him another year and let him grow up a little bit he had good genetics he was just a little young and so we decided to start making our way down river and did about five miles the day before and then met up with y'all did another like four and a half and yeah met up with soaking wet levi because he uh, apparently is real fond of being wet all the time, and uh, I think took a dip in the river and <laughs> some uh, skiff excursions that day. And, <laughs> but uh, met up with you guys, um, and at that point I split ways with uh, Joel and our client Rodney, and I uh, came to give y'all a hand. And I think the rest of that day you spent trying to dry out here at camp, and I went up to the glass and knob with uh, with Willie and Mitch and. Didn't didn't I think we saw 
one or two cows and that was about it for that day and then worked our way back down and then that next morning it was it was howling when we had a little bit of a there's a big storm that I think just hit the western coast of Alaska and we're kind of out of the loop with all that but a big old hurricane type system was hitting Nome area and I think we were catching the front edge of that because we had kind of a steady 20 mile an hour winds with gusts up into the 35 range and kind of had everything hunkered down it was honestly one of it was a nicer day we didn't I don't think we got any rain that day or nothing significant but man that wind kind of cuts cold and (laughs) whips all the bit of heat was able to dry some of our stuff which was nice we could have used that the last couple days (laughs) yeah I think uh that day might have been the last day I had dry boots that (laughs) that one does dry stuff out but it that's about all it's good for right because then that next day we worked up to that same knob that you guys had been working and it wasn't shoot we were probably only up there for an hour till we started or shoot did we I might be a day ahead. When did we try and make that play on that bear? Was that on the windy day? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, because we woke up that windy day, and that was uh, the day that we decided, well, you talked me into wearing the uh, puffies <laughs> for the hike because it was pretty cold. But, yeah, cutting through that uh, riverbed was actually kind of warm. Uh got to sweating pretty good in those puffies and that's the day we headed up and sat on that other glassing spot for a while before we saw the bear so the windy day i think was the day we made that play on that bear yeah because we saw him i mean shoot that bear was probably seven miles off when we saw him but tried to make a play couldn't you know wasn't really in our favor he was kind of working a ridge line and we wanted to get good eyes on him before we made a play and by the time we kind of got in a glass and spot to relocate him he's kind of lingering right on that ridge cap so we pulled the plug on that and I think was a smart call Willie's definitely a a go-getter but he was celebrating his 60th birthday and I think if we would have made a made a strong push at that we would have kind of been pushing the limits of you know our capabilities so we popped smoke on that operation and kind of glassed and called in this Good, it was good good moose country nice swampy area didn't see anything for the rest of the evening made it back to camp and then woke up the next morning worked up to that glass and knob from the day before and then yeah started spotting stuff pretty pretty quick bunch of cows we spotted one bull that was probably three or so miles off and in some pretty thick thick alder and spruce grove area and we were trying to get a good beat on him, figure out if he was legal and if we wanted to pursue him. And we were about getting ready to go after him. And Willie spotted some movement, thought he thought he might be seeing a bear. And I was able to get some glass on it and turned out to be uh, a cow moose. And then quick, quick on her hind, on her, uh, on her back legs was a, a bull. Could tell he was a bull just uh from the quick glimpses we got and we're able to get some glass on him and couldn't quite tell if he was legal from where we were at but he was close enough to where we wanted to close some ground trying to get a closer look and so started making our way in on him and i think we closed what probably a half mile stopped and tried to relocate him again and 
found him bedded down and still trying to get a good read on him. We're in a four brow. Uh, oh, you might want to get that ember off your socket. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we're in a four brow, 50 inch unit. So, you know, got to make sure, got to make sure everything's legal. And, you know, we're trying to, trying to chase 60 plus inch bulls. So, you know, kind of want those no doubters, but it's hard to make out if he was 50 or not from, you know, mile and a half off. And we knew he was a decent bull, but trying to get a brow count on him, but it was just, you know, tough in where he was. We could only really see one paddle. And so we decided to close some more country and close another about half mile, relocated him, but he was still covered up pretty well where he was bedded. So we decided to just try and get as pretty much as close in as we could on him. And we closed in, kind of got, tried to keep the wind in our favor, but we were down in a, by the time we got to the bull, kind of in the bottom of that valley. And we just ran into some swirling winds and we're closing country. Got about, he probably relocated that bull at what, 400 yards before we made our final approach in on him? Yeah, about that. Yeah, and at this point, we still weren't <laughs> weren't <laughs> sure if he was going to be legal or not. We were pretty much going to try and get into a, a shooting position and make a game-time decision on him because the whole time we could only, you know, see one paddle, so couldn't get a measurement on him. And uh, come to find out, it was on his weak front side. So he definitely didn't have four brows on that end, but had these big, long saber tines, so... I had a good good idea that he was a, a mature bull, but, you know, you can never tell until you get a good look at him. And so we closed to just inside of 200 yards. I think uh, I think Willie ended up shooting at about 150. But we stalked in, and the wind started swirling on us again and uh, ended up uh, – you want to move that real quick? That ember's staying hot for longer than it should. <laughs> Um, sorry guys, getting distracted. Um, what was I saying? Oh, we got into some swirling winds and that, we think that bull ended up catching a whiff of us. You know, none of us have showered in about <laughs> three weeks, so it doesn't take much to catch wind of us. But, um, he stood up and we immediately started getting as much glass on him as we could, trying to figure him out and pretty confident that he was you know good over 50 but it's always hard making that call when your license is on the line and you know got a client standing there itching to shoot and sitting there trying to count brows and he's still kind of obstructed and uh, I'm pretty sure I see four brows I see three for sure and trying to pick out that fourth one can't tell if it's a tying on his paddle that we're catching and Mitch is sitting there looking at both of us trying to get a you know confirmation and you know can't give him a clear go call and so he breaks out his spotter real quick luckily that bull he couldn't see us for sure which was nice but he knew something was up but he just kind of stood there perfectly broadside for us but wouldn't give us a straight on look to you know confirm that he was clear over 50 and couldn't get a great look at the brows but uh, by about the time Mitch had gotten his spotter out I was about 99% sure he had a fourth brown tie on his, uh, what ended up being his left side, or I think it was his left, uh, but on his left, and then Mitch got the spotter out, saw a fourth brow tie, and turned back to us to confirm, 
we kind of gave them the the go call and got got Willie all situated and used the old Swarovski as a shooting sticks and he he barked off his first round good hard thud into the bull he scampered about 20 yards Willie put another one in him and that one kind of just locked him up hit him again hard on that second shot but he just sat there like a brick wall and ate it and then Willie put his third and final shot of his rifle into him tipped him over right there where he was laying and still had a couple kicks left in him but before we could get any more shells out he'd luckily expired and his cows kind of filtered out of the area and we got to you know kind of celebrating a little bit and decided to work up to that bull make sure he wasn't suffering and got up to him and was able to confirm that he he did indeed for sure have four brow tines and turned out to be plenty over 50 so you know legal in all always shapes and forms but uh got to do our fun hooting and hollering that was your first moose that was my first moose to get to be a part of the kill willie's first he'd been chasing that that's this was his second uh trip trying to get a bull moose and so got to have three firsts it was on your 23rd birthday and it was kind of a cool culmination of everything it was the 18th of september which is your birthday willie's daughter's birthday willie's 18th day chasing moose and it was just one of those you know i broke out my lucky hat for the first time on the trip and it was just kind of a perfect deal and then the work started started breaking down the moose and got him all taken down because we what i think we got up to the moose at about 3 30 yeah i say and it's a good three and a half hour plus process to get them processed once you start cutting on them and did about an hour of photo gallery and just kind of collecting our thoughts and everything and um you know had a had a snack we hadn't eaten all day so took care of that and then started processing and you know thought we were just gonna get half of it done try and get the cape off get everything aired out so it wouldn't you know wouldn't get too warm overnight but we decided we were making decent time to go ahead and get the whole moose done which kind of came back to bite us in the butt nah, I mean a little bit it was good that we got the moose taken care of but it definitely led to some uh, fun events to to follow because by the time we'd gotten we kind of put the knives away it was about right before nine o'clock or it was probably about 8 30 because we were loading the packs I think we left at it right at nine started hiking at nine and got the got the packs loaded decided to get three quarters out try and get some of the heavy stuff out so me and you each grabbed a hind quarter Mitch grabbed a front quarter and uh got all we all had all of our gear for the day so we were loaded down pretty pretty heavy that was I think my second heaviest pack of the season for sure moose hind quarter which is at least 125 if not a you know close to 140 pounds and then you know tripod spotter rain gear puffy gear water you know food <laughs> stove we we were loaded down pretty pretty good and started making way right before sunset broke out the headlamps and you know had most of the pack out in the dark which uh made uh navigating real fun because as the crow flies we were right or it was about exactly a two mile hike depending on the route i think the first day we were about 
2.1 miles, but uh, turns out about uh, 1.2 of that mile was through what turned out to be about knee-deep uh, swamp, which... <laughs> yeah, I would say on that, uh, it was about 0.8 miles hiking, 1.2 miles swimming. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was a fun one. We got, you know, we started making ground. We're cruising, you know, all... You know, we're still all amped up from the success, and we hit the first marsh. We knew we had about three to cross, and hadn't been too bad, you know, getting into it. We were, you know at the worst, you know, gate or high, I think when we were coming through and, you know, can't see nothing because it was a, you know, dark overcast day and, you know, sun's gone. So we're just, you know, seeing five feet at a time with the headlamp. And so we kind of center punched the biggest of our swamps and about probably first three steps worth, uh, you know, into the marsh, we were at least knee deep <laughs> and get going and Willie Willie spills over and he's struggling to get up and all three of us are in knee deep water with 150 pounds on our back so unfortunately we can't really do much to help and you know we try and you know stick him a trekking pole when we can and Willie finally gets up but at this point he's pretty much drenched from you know the waist down and you know back soaked packs pretty good and wet and we get going a little further and then Mitch decides to take his turn swimming. He gets about, you know, nut deep in some marsh and you just see, a, just hear about just about every profanity known to man and coming out of his mouth. And so he, you know, points us in a slightly shallower direction and we continue on. And then I decided to take my turn at it and, you know, I end up in kind of a quicksand sinkhole mud situation i stepped and right foot went in and got about you know over my gaiters and mud trying to get up and you know foot kind of went in like an anchor boot went down kind of turned and props i'm getting stuck and at the same time sinking deeper and deeper finally get above my knee in this mud and have to holler over to you because i was i was kind of hosed at this point i have you know no leverage in my leg and you know, heavy pack on my back, so, you know, kind of try and scramble the troops. You got over to me, and just about the time I give it one last heave-ho and go face first into a puddle <laughs> and try and drown myself and, you know, a one-foot puddle and unclip the pack, snap one of my good trekking poles, and then we, you know, unsnap the pack, get me out from under it, and get back situated with it and you end up helping me up and at this point you know underwear soaked pants weigh about 12 pounds each boots about 15 and we can we continue on and I think we finally you know clear our first marsh get to our second marsh you know at this point we're just you know we have no issue just trudging through we're, we're soaked to the bone as is and so we end up getting I think we rolled into camp about 12:30 or so pretty late little after midnight get get our meat hung up and as quick as we can try and get out of our wet clothes and into a little bit of what we had left dry and kind of licked our wounds headed to bed and we all kind of collectively decided to sleep in that that next morning and uh 
all loaded up. We were, you know, Willie still had a bear tag. So we decided to, you know, once we kind of got up and go and had some breakfast, we probably didn't pull out of here of camp probably till about two o'clock or so. Yeah, I think right around two. I, I know it was, yeah, because we slept in pretty late that day and didn't, I was in any hurry for sure to get in those wet clothes again. I was, uh, I slept good that night, but I would have slept a little better if I wasn't dreading putting on those wet socks socks and boots. Yup. And so we finally, you know, faced our fate, threw on our wet gear again and headed back out. Luckily, Mitch and Willie were, you know, willing to come out again. And Willie was really really hoping to spook a bear up off that carcass it was kind of in a tough spot to make a play on a bear if there was but it was worth the worth the shot and plus that let mitch come back and get a second load with us and so we went back loaded up the packs again bear had actually visited the kill site um but he was wasn't there when we were there got there but he was nice enough not to tear up mitch's Heelberg tent that was covering the meat and uh, mainly just chewed up on all the bits we didn't care about. We'd already cleaned up the, you know, the rest of the rear end and the neck, and that's kind of where he focused his attention on. Still had a one rib cage attached and one tenderloin still in there, so we were able to salvage all that, which was nice, and finished up hacking off all the tidbits of meat into the scrap bag, and we loaded up again. I grabbed the last quarter. I think you grabbed all the neck meat and all the loose meats, and Mitch, uh, I think he had all the back straps and some ribs or something, but we all loaded up and went on our merry way this time, luckily in the daylight, which makes a world of difference. <laughs> so we were able to avoid most of the, most of the swamp and marsh, got back, uh, still pretty late. We probably rolled into camp right before dark, about 8.30 or so, and sparked up a fire, tried our best to get some things a little more dry but you know there's no avoiding some of those marshy spots so we were about gator deep every day at least and then led us to today and we got up about oh we finally probably rolled out of the I think each of us woke up about 6 45 and rolled back over you had a couple uh we ate like gluttons (laughs) when we got back last night had a bunch of moose tenderloin over the fire probably about three mountain houses a piece we were you know we were pretty worked over from the last you know five six days so we ate like gluttons you had a couple runs to the bushes <laughs> this morning yeah it was a couple <laughs> close calls uh, but then we decided to get all of our stuff loaded up me and you were making the last trip to go get the rest of it mitch and uh willie were gonna stay around camp start getting stuff shuttled over to the airstrip all the meat and kind of start breaking camp down so we made our last trudge which it was kind of nice just being the two of us we could kind of go at the pace we set and made pretty good time getting over there got the last of it loaded up we had the hide which willie's doing a shoulder mount so we about had about half a cape had the horns uh bag of ribs and then two bags of loose meat. So we had a pretty pretty good load coming out for two guys. It wasn't quite enough to justify a third. We definitely could have could have used a third, but uh, you know, we loaded it up. I think we 
did um, the big bag of loose meat and the hide in my pack to start, and then you had the ribs, the head, and the last bag of loose meat. So we were each loaded down pretty good and heavy and started our way back down, and we uh, swapped some of the ribs about a third of the way. I took a bag of ribs to lighten your load a little bit. You had the goofy load running the running the rack through the brush, and so it took some weight off of you for a little bit. And then on the last third, you were kind enough to take the ribs back. So we did a good job of a little little teamwork there to get everything back to camp. But got back here and uh, got the word that Mr. Varco or our wonderful bush pilot was going to come grab the meat, so waited for him to show up, got got some loads of meat loaded up, got uh, all Willie's stuff packed up, got him out to the airstrip, took the last couple glory pictures with the moose with a gorgeous backdrop. Each of us kind of got our, our new Tinder profile pictures uh, squared away <laughs> for this next spring, and, and then uh, John made two trips of meat. And then, or a trip of meat, and then I took a took Willie and a good portion of the meat, and then finished up with Mitch, and that left us to our own demise. So we headed over here, decided to gather up just about as much firewood as we possibly could, and stoke up a fire, try and dry out our stuff, which we're still in the process of. We've got a nice little assortment of dried goods around the fire right now: insoles, boots, socks, gloves underwear <laughs> the whole whole nine yards looks about like a you know garage sale but but once again eight like gluttons we had a little bit of caribou left up and that's both of our probably favorite so we, we cooked up the rest of that and we're gonna leave the moo last bit of the moose tenderloin for tomorrow if we're spend another day out here but went and got some water loaded up on firewood had the We've had the fire rolling for about four hours now and finally making some headway on our wet stuff. But I'd say we earned our earned our keep for this one. It was good, what, last two days? I guess it's been th two and a half days of packing, but total of a little over 12 miles and every load was, you know, minimum 120 pounds and plenty of marsh between here and there. <laughs> but luckily we were blessed with some pretty decent weather last two days yesterday we had a little bit of rain going in but kind of cleared up by the time we got to the kill site and got everything loaded up which was nice got to come out somewhat dry and now we just finished up uh eating every bit of food we could get our hands on i had a chicken coconut curry peak you had a beef stroganoff yeah we ate about five pounds of caribou some pepperoni sticks and a couple good good drinks no alcohol unfortunately it is a, a dry camp we could have used a good wild 30 pack on this last walk out but you know can't be that lucky all the time <laughs> yeah that's uh we were all i think willie most of all was probably looking forward to finding himself some beer more than a bear but uh <laughs> yeah unfortunately none of that around here right now i'm sure willie if there's any beer back at boys camp is probably uh gone by now. yeah doing his fair <laughs> fair bit of celebrating he was i think pretty excited yeah he was pretty pretty high on life when he headed out of here and it's been a doozy of a trip and 
you know, they'll be, I think they're going to start shuttling, shuttling guys out tomorrow. We should have our next go round of hunters rolling in here pretty soon. You'll be staying for the last uh, bear, bear trip of the season. And I'll actually be heading out of, out of here and heading over to Southeast Alaska, heading out of Cordova, picked up a couple of hunts with uh, Barella Outfitters with uh, Pete Barella. So I'll be going and chasing some goats for the next 20 days out of the out of Cordova area and looking forward to that, but hoping to have at least a night or two in Anchorage to take a, take a shower, re-up on some electrolytes and maybe find me a Chinese buffet to go (laughs) dig into but oh it's it's been a wonderful season so far and man we've had plenty of plenty of ups and downs but we ended it pretty pretty good lots of hard work but man we not quite over yet but you know falls turn into winter here in a hurry and with that comes the end of the season but before we before we get out of here, I want to ask you a couple questions on some gear stuff and kind of the what the future holds for Mister Mister Levi Womack. Cause you've got got a whole life ahead of you and gotten to have your little piece of the wilderness and want to know kind of what that that means for you for the future. Do you plan on trying to trying to do this for a while or gonna at least give it a year or two to figure out before you? either have to go get a real job or what's what's the plan at uh plan at hand right now for you yeah right now it's just a uh i guess really kind of a matter of uh what uh, like i said earlier just got done with college uh degree in criminal justice so if i end up getting a you know starting a career and some sort of law enforcement i doubt i'll have the opportunity to come do this more but if I'm in a situation where I am working at a job where this is an option to come spend, you know, even spend a month or come do this for one or two hunts a season, I'd love to get out here and keep doing this stuff. But uh, really, it's a- anyone's guess at this point. Just mm-hmm. gonna play it by ear, kind of, kind of like you know, been doing for for a while mm-hmm. just hope uh roll with the punches and yeah figure out what life has all worked out so far found myself in a few swamps doing that but <laughs> right. yeah we'll uh we'll see like i said if i'm working or in a situation uh, with the opportunity to come do this more i would definitely love to do it but it's uh it's been a great experience and a heck of a trip so heck yeah how's your uh gear held up for you because being your kind of first year up here in Alaska and stuff it's kind of a you know it's a whole different ball game than most the rest of the country and you know well I'd say almost all the country there's a few western states where you can get pretty pretty close to the same experience but what was your what was kind of your biggest I don't want to say worry coming into the season but what was your biggest kind of unknown and uh did you find yourself being fairly prepared once you get got up here or did you feel a little undergunned or how did that all transpire yeah uh i I had a good idea of what i needed just because my brothers uh both been working up here a couple seasons uh kind of picked their brains uh probably the biggest 
definitely the biggest headache for me trying to find gear was just uh, finding a good pair of boots. Um, I mean, they both run the plastics for sheep, and then uh, I, they have a couple different. I'm not sure what they're wearing for their leathers, but I just couldn't try anything on really that uh, you know around Western Colorado. Not a whole lot of good mountaineering boots. So I decided to go with a, uh, actually Greg, one of the other guides here, had a pair of those Amberlin, uh, I think they're Mountain Treks, but just a good pair of mountaineering boots that I decided uh, I bought from them. And they, uh, you know, they, they kicked butt, definitely, definitely still got pretty beat up feet right now my feet are feeling it but I think walking how much we've walked this past week regardless of what boots you're wearing you're gonna be feeling it a little bit and then uh the rain gear was probably where I'd say I was the least prepared and uh had a decent pair of pants coming in but I decided just to try and roll a uh old Gore-Tex jacket that I had around the house and I'm sure it was good back when it was new but it was probably pushing 10 years old at least and that Ooh. thing was getting pretty soaked through on that first sheep hunt so went and picked up one of those uh Heli Hansen about a trench coat which kept me pretty dry until I started sweating and at that point you're uh essentially in a sauna suit uh and then one of the clients tipped me a, a set of the kuyu rain gear and that stuff held up pretty well so definitely uh knowing what i know now i think i would just bite the bullet and spend a little more money and get a little bit uh more comfortable gear just some stuff you know a pair of puffy pants for those days glassing and everything but didn't suffer too much with what I had. Uh, that's good because it's always it's a never-ending battle with gear. I mean, I've been accruing a bunch of stuff over the last three, four years, and you know it seems like the list never ends. But finally, kind of gotten to the point where at least have all my all my bases covered, and now it's just a matter of upgrading and stuff. But everything just gets chewed up out here so quick, especially when you know you're putting in you know fifty, sixty, seventy days in a fall and I'm like my rain gear I've been running is the Kuyu Yukon set and it's been dynamite but today ended up ripping out the the butt of them probably trying to get I don't know when it happened but probably trying to get that pack off the ground a couple of times and uh like you know that first night of the pack out finally snapped one of my trekking poles I've had those and running those for about three and a half years and finally bit the bullet on that still have one good one so we'll see how long how long she lasts but no it's always a never-ending battle and like you said about the feet I mean shoot just I mean just this 10 days alone you're probably pushing close to 35 40 miles I'd imagine because that caribou round trip was 10 10 miles every time and you made shoot three trips out there there's 30 we just did 12 with that moose so yeah you're well over 40 miles for the just this 10 days and 
Yeah, that'll that'll put a beating on the feet, especially when the whole time that spitting two inches of water inside your boots. Yeah, I think that and having that pack on, you know, just that weight, it just all everything just accumulates, and it's definitely a little bit tougher on the body than just walking forty miles on a paved road or a nice sidewalk. Yeah, it's only it's only a one and two thirds marathon. No, no, no big deal. We've been, had the ongoing joke where, you know, we're both former former athletes in past life and stuff, and we've graduated to the good old idiot Olympics. We're enduro athletes now, <laughs> something like that, pop belly enduro athletes. <laughs> but man, it's been it's been a doozy. And no, what's uh what's been your favorite moment so far this this fall? Uh, that's a tough question, and I mean, I don't know if I could really narrow it down to one. Uh, a few of them, I guess, stand out. One of them, uh, was just getting up to that caribou and just up in this mountain, you have beautiful view all around you. you got a river down on one side, some snow-covered peaks. Uh, you got all the all the colors, and that's just. I, I don't think I'll ever forget that image, but uh, that, that was one of them that stands out. And then probably, I mean, just spending time with everyone out here, all the packers and guides and clients. But uh, I don't know, getting that final load of that moose, <laughs> drop that off my back too. That's going to be up there too. That was the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll put that up there on mine too because that was – kind of nice to you know last day of the season get the last load out just kind of drop it and be able to you know have a gorgeous evening like we have we're still waiting for these clouds to roll out so we can get a little northern lights action maybe this evening that's probably asking a little too much but uh you know been able to sit around the campfire shoot record a podcast eat like kings and shoot we did uh some caribou ribs over the fire too and those actually turned out pretty freaking slick yeah but, that was some dang good dang good food yeah with no no seasoning no sauce no nothing just eating it caveman style and just add it to the accumulation of nonsense on our hands <laughs> well man it's been a doozy well I know we've got a few more chores to take care of this evening before we crawl into the sleeping bag so I don't want to hold us up too late this evening but want to appreciate uh or thank you for coming on and sharing your stories and if there's any last things you want to want to get out there let the let the people know before we hop off if you if there's anywhere they can reach you and follow around your adventures or your lifestyle or you know any people you want to say hi to in the great world back in civilization let them know sounds good uh yeah, I, I guess my just closing thought, well, first off, thanks for having me on oh, here. Of course, my pleasure. But yeah, but closing thought is just, you know, a lot of stuff, you think about how I'd describe it to my friends or family back home, and it's it's hard to get a full uh, ex- experience when you're explaining it to someone, but I think it's just the accumulation of all the uh, adversity that you face that really adds up to making it the experience it is where it's a lot of people have uh, been in a situation where 
they have a hard hike or they're dealing with some bad weather or they go 10 days without eating a lot of food but it's you start adding all that stuff together and it just it, i mean it's fun but it really does it's i guess there's just no way to explain it without experiencing it yeah kind of like trying to get a thought together while you're getting smoked out by the yeah, campfire that's it. <laughs> trying to trying to hold back your tears of excitement <laughs> yeah. and joy i don't think i'm doing a good job of holding back those tears that smoke was rough no i think that's a great way to put it because it is truly it's something that you can't put into words without you know being out here and experience it and being able like you said just the all the different forms of adversity that you face like you said from you know mild starvation to you know pack outs that seem like they're never going to end and you know wanting to quit your job about five times in the process but no it's it's definitely something that you have to experience to get a true idea of what it's like and kind of what it is up here but there's no better way to you know do it than live it and get to you know kind of do your 50 days in the bush or you know 60 days whatever it turns out to be it's you know hopefully something that you'll always have and be able to look back on you know if you never get the opportunity to be back out here doing this exact stuff again but you'll always kind of have those trials and tribulations that you went through and you know it's definitely definitely amazing life skills and uh, just exactly the ability to, you know, makes makes everyday life seem a, a little more mundane and easier to get through when you realize, you know, traffic to works, you know, might be your biggest biggest struggle of the day or something like that. Don't got to worry about, a, you know, walking up on a grizzly bear on a moose kill or, you know, falling off a, <laughs> falling off a 1500 foot cliff or <laughs> trying to figure out where you know who's going to eat the last mountain house between <laughs> the, th- the three of you you know but but no it's man it's been a pleasure working with you it's been a pleasure sitting here chatting with you yeah likewise and it's been a pleasure suffering with you I'll oh yeah you <laughs> yeah like i said earlier no one i'd rather suffer with so. right. oh well it's I feel the same way. It was a doozy, and I couldn't have asked for a better way to end the moose season, that's for sure. But uh, we're going to hop off here, guys. We're going to take care of the last couple things uh, we got to do before we hit the old fart sacks and turn in for the night. We've got some stuff to take care of tonight and then tomorrow, and hopefully we'll get back to some form of a, a washing, a sauna, or something. Maybe we might just have to go do a little skivvy swimming in the the river go go visit our old friend the water again but because we're starting to get get about ripe so well thank you guys for tuning in we appreciate it if you'd be so kind to give us a rating a review on whatever you're listening to this to we really appreciate it you can reach me at michael underscore swoboda on instagram or at average alaskan podcast on instagram average underscore alaskan underscore podcast as well as average alaskan podcast at yahoo.com send in any of your stories questions remarks tell us how much you love us you hate us you know we take it all you're not going to hurt our feelings so hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and to hopefully another one in the future here levi yeah i'd love to thank you yes sir Alrighty, hope everybody's doing well, staying warm, staying dry, 
Y'all enjoy the rest of your falls. Get after it. Enjoy the outdoors and take advantage of every day you got. Till next time, guys. Have a good one.